TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, episode 149, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce. I am here with the love doctor. He's the fabulous co-founder of the Wellness Couch and the Wellness Guys. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> the love doctor, that's so funny. It's uh, great. Do you feel like uh, Dr. Feelgood when I say that? <laughs> Dr. Feelgood. That? That, was, uh, that was a great show. Who was that lady? Was, I listened to that. Sally. 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 That's right. Sally. I remember that growing up as a teenager, Dr. listening Feel to Dr. Good. Feelgood. That was, that was sex ed back then, listening to Dr. Feelgood. That's how you learned about the human body. Was it? Relationships. You didn't learn it from your parents, did you? No, I, I got given a book, What's Happening to Me. That was my sex ed. I got, where did I come from? <laughs> where did I come from? What's happening to me? I haven't heard of what's happening to me. What's happening to me? Yeah, totally. So where did I come from? You know, that's about the tadpole that one decided to be a frog and one became a human. That's right. Yeah, that was probably a little bit different. I got that one when I was about five or six. Yeah, the kids have right. got that now. Yeah, well, what's happening to me is the next version. It's kind of like, you know, raising boys yeah. and the making of men. Yeah, goes yep. in chapters. Hey, uh, last right. episode, yeah. Marcus Pierce, we uh, we discussed love languages and getting them wrong. And as we were finishing off, I was getting a phone call. And I was getting a phone yeah. call from Amber, and she's up in Queensland at the moment, uh, working up there. And um, and I got the love language wrong. <laughs> you were so honest. I did. I got it wrong. Do you want to just so, give a quick rehash? Well, we're cute. Amber and I are cute. You know, we text each other good night, good morning, those sorts of things when we're away because it, it, it reminds you that you're thinking of each other. And I think that's really nice to do. And I think that, you know, as a couple, if you can't have hand cuddles, I think it's important to remind each other that you're thinking of them. And that could be mm-hmm. just text messages through the day or a little phone call, in a, you know, after a meeting or whatever else. And I think that keeps people fresh and, and, and it's really nice and it shouldn't ever feel like a chore, shouldn't ever feel like you've got to do it. Um, but it's nice to do and nice to receive, right? So... Last night, had my mate Ben over from Sydney, caught up with Michael Bloom, um, my, my work colleague, great mate, chiropractor that, uh, that I work with at, uh, at Vita, and, um, and we went out to the Japanese, we had a great meal, had a couple of glasses of wine, got back, watched the tennis, did a little work, worked on some stuff, finished at about mid, midnight, 12.30, um, went to bed, checked my phone, Amber hadn't replied to one of my text messages, I thought, oh, she's obviously at this party, she'll be all good she'll have a late night blah blah um didn't think anything of it anyway i've woken up this morning there's a good night honey um on, on my phone and she sent that at 1:36 melbourne time in the morning so she's obviously had a late night big night come back to her phone um i didn't say good night so <sighs> oh. Oh. i know there's people oh, listening to this gosh. going i'm in trouble i'm in oh. pain oh my gosh so <laughs> i said oh, i'm so feeling sorry. for you already i'm feeling so sorry and she goes, then she just jokes, like tongue in cheek, what's going on? First, you don't touch me uh, when we're having lunch the other day, and now you don't send me a text message. And, I go, I and go, let's just say, you have to know Amber to, rec- to, to believe Damien that she is okay about this. It's yeah, not like she's, she's in hysterics going, yeah. what's happening to our relationship? Yeah, we're falling apart. There's nothing yeah. like that. So she's brought up two incidences, and I said, it's funny that you say that, because Marcus and I just spoke about you know, getting love languages wrong. You know, and I said I got my love language wrong at the dinner or at the lunch, 
And uh, she goes, no, you didn't get it wrong. It's just that because you find it easier to do touch, when you don't do touch, I think there's something wrong. She said, it's like if I don't want to spend time with you, then you should think there's something wrong. And I was like, oh, that's wow. fascinating. That's profound. I bet you Marcus doesn't Got to get her on the podcast. How good? Got to get her on the podcast. We'll never get her on the podcast. That's never going to happen. But uh, what a profound thing to think about, like to look at that. Like, you know, we just spoke about the lies and the deceit and all that sort of stuff of the love languages that, you know, it's easy to do what you enjoy, but it's harder to give someone what they want and, uh, and, and maybe need. But really, Amber's using that as a bit of a litmus test or a thermometer, a mercury gauge of um, of the degree to which things are okay. If I'm not, if I stop touching her, she's going to think, "What's wrong?" Um, oh, and, yeah. and, and this is this is so good. And I didn't, I never thought of that. No, I mean, you just got me of, thinking. Yeah, you know, you just got me thinking because I know. Because you and I, I were know, thinking, you and I were thinking, if we don't receive our love language, what's wrong? Um, well, but I was also thinking, you know, with Sarah, as you were saying this, like. As much as Sarah knows I'm on physical touch and as much as I know she's acts of service, she still wants me to touch her. And like you said, there'd be something wrong if I wasn't. It just got me thinking, God, there's probably times where I don't, I don't touch her because I'm like, oh, no, she'd probably be like, get your hands off me like I'm, I'm uncomfortable or I'm tired or whatever. But sometimes they want to, it's almost reassuring for, for, for them to know that we're in a good space because we're giving our love language. That's that's reassuring. So when if you were to have given uh, Amber a tap on the leg, a arm around the shoulder, or whatever, she's like, oh, you know, my husband's good, you know. Like, and then, but then if it doesn't happen, she's like, what's wrong with my husband? He's totally. not touching me. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So yeah, fascinating, really fascinating. Um, look at it through another person's eyes, and um, and and you know, through someone who I obviously want to get the love languages right with um, through their eyes. So that's great. I just learned I had some communication lessons um, as a result of that phone call. Therein lies, though, the 100-ingredient recipe of the love languages. (laughs) (laughs) It's not as simple as just choosing your love language and running with it. It's not flour, milk, and water, is it? That's right. It's not flour, milk, and water. First of all, you have to know what yours is. Then you have to know what, let's just say, your partner's is. Uh, or your children, or your colleague at work, or whatever it is, whoever it is, then you have to recognize when is it the good time to give yours, yep. when is it a good time to give theirs, when is it a good time to actually spice things up and give one that's actually not their primary, because even though we have our primary, we still love all the others. I mean, at Christmas time, a hug's great, but I also love a gift. Yeah, so, okay. You, you know, there's there's times where we would, we would love... Um, gifts when we're physical touch there's times when i love i mean you know what quality time i love going out for dinner with sarah and no kids mm. i love quality time when it's with the kids but man i oh mean if i get to go to the movies with sarah and eat popcorn with sarah oh my gosh the quality time well i think that's a really important thing to remember isn't it because we can easily get caught up in you know looking after our children and at the end of the day you know we, we've got to do our best job to raise incredible children so that we continue um, you know, to, to raise an incredible humanity. But, you know, we came first. So yeah. the couple comes <laughs> first and that's important. And many people forget that. And so, you know, whilst it is so important to understand the love languages of your children and to implement that and to teach them and to, you know, not only grow children by feeding them, but to grow them by nourishing them, um, mm. it, it's so important to remember that the love language with your partner 
that's that's paramount. That was first and foremost, and should and yeah, should and, remain that way. And should remain that way precisely. And you look at any of the beautiful couples that you know have been married for sixty years, and they're in their nineties. And I want to be one of them. Oh yeah, me too. Absolutely. If, I get married, and, if I'm and married because... for sixty years, I'll be ninety-five. So and Amber will be ninety-four. So that'd be good. That's good. Ooh. I'm coming to the 60th wedding anniversary. Well, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. You'll be only be you'll be. I'll be. Uh, I'll be 80. I'll be 88 for my 60th. You'll still be doing the caterpillar. <laughs> I will be. So will you. <laughs> I will be, be tearing your hamstring doing the caterpillar. <laughs> fracturing vertebrae. <laughs> for all those that want to know, Damien, did you fracture a vertebrae doing the caterpillar on the dance floor? No, but I will be in 95. I'm sure. Yeah, well, you will be. Yeah. <laughs> you might be a yoga instructor. We've got to interview one of those, you know, 95 year old yoga instructors. There's a few of them around the world. Yeah, we've got some and, good. Um, we've got some good interviews coming up on on uh, on that actually. So, 95 year old. So, I'm looking forward. Oh, yeah, to I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking that. Um, when we're doing these uh, video podcasts, um, we must not we must not get scared off demo by our international um, uh, 100 not outers who are doing great things overseas. We will still be interviewing some of the world's most incredible human beings, mm-hmm. and also um, from time to time having a studio guest mm-hmm. come in mm-hmm. as well and uh, and just and and spice things up. But when you speak about the love languages of kids, and we were talking about you know th- this can get extremely um, not complicated but there's a number of things to consider around the love languages you may you know I, I thought when you were saying that that we we must not get scared off by giving our love language to others because I'm when you were saying the, the example of amber earlier I was like oh you know what maybe sometimes I I, I do get a bit like oh, okay I'm physical touch but they are words of affirmation so I might go too far on the words of affirmation and and so you're almost uh, not being enough of yourself and and almost trying to please others and not please yourself as well. So I think, again, there just in lies that um, further complexity in recognizing. And I think with relationships, you, you know it over time. I definitely think you know the time and the place when, you know, that person, yes, they do need a hug and great for you, your physical touch, and it's very easy for you to give them a hug. But a lot of people uh, just, you know, on that point, I mean, a lot of a lot of relationships, you know, and we'll just use a stereotypical husband and wife relationship. All the woman needs when she's crying is a hug and all the man doesn't want, he doesn't want a hug because he might be not physical touch or vice versa. Could be all the all the man needs is a hug. You know, he's had a hard day at work, yeah. he's stressed, he's, he's worried, he's concerned and, you know, he just needs to know that really it's a first world problem, everything's okay yeah. and often all that's required is a hug. Yeah. You know, and that's just so comforting. It's like the good old. Um, it sounds like I'm going off topic, but I'm not. But well, often people talk about the mummy's boy, you know, and all the mummy's boy wants is a hug. But I do think a lot of a lot of blokes, if not all males in the world, have that in them, where all they want is just a hug, just to just it takes them out of that space, and it actually makes everything like okay again. It doesn't have to be a hug; it could be a massage, a tickle, or whatever. But just physical touch is reassuring. But I think we just need to recognise that. We yes, we want to give other people their love language, but we also want to make sure that we don't lose ourselves in the process and continue to honour ours as well. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, but you know, I think that's also an indicator. I think you know that little little pearl. I think that we started off with at the start of this podcast, where we realised through Amber, you know, I suppose teaching me that if love languages drop off, um, then that's an indicator that something's not right. I think it's a really important thing for our spouses to remind us that our love language has been deficient of late. 
you know, oh yeah, for sure. You know, so just let us know. Let people know along the way. So you know, if you're kind of going, you know, relationship stale, husband's not doing this, or wife's not doing this, then I think the reminder of the love language. You know, you know, if I said to you, I said. Marcus, you know, your love language is, you know, words of affirmation. And, and yeah, you, maybe I haven't been giving you words of affirmation lately, but you also haven't been doing it, and that makes me think that something's wrong. Like, is everything okay? Mm. What a great way to open it up, because you, you're actually talking about a subject that's somewhat separate to you, but involves you, and then it actually allows you to open up into a conversation. But it, it might help people actually have better conversations, because like you said, your mum taught you, um, nobody ever died of over-communication. Over-communicating. So... Yeah. Um, this is this is cool, and I think I think what like I love what you're saying is bringing the love languages into the vocabulary of your relationship. Mm. No matter if it's mm. a intimate, um, professional, um, whatever it is, and 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 on that time, I was thinking when you cross over into Vita or Forage, um, do you find that your love language shifts? Not not as Cairo, because I know as you've said, as a Cairo, you love physical touch, but I'm probably thinking more of your colleagues, your staff particularly, do you find that your love language changes from them in terms of how you feel love and appreciation even from your staff because even though you're the boss, you still want to feel appreciated? Do you think your love language shifts? And yeah, I'll start with that one. Uh, I don't think so. I think my love language is still the same. It was interesting, Kim, the other day, um, one of our our, uh, CAs at Vida, beautiful, amazing girl, really... Love having her as part of our team. Um, she was wearing words something. of affirmation. That yeah, was good. I like word, it. <laughs> love words of affirmation. She, oh yeah, exactly right. So um, she comes in and she, you know, she makes an effort to to look really good and does her hair and wears really nice clothes. and And I said to her, "You look really nice. You know, I love your hair like that." And um, and I, I just left it at that. But that was that was really good for for her to hear. But I didn't do it with any. Um, you know, any suggestivity or anything like that. However, what's happened these days is that many people can't make those comments anymore. So you can't say, oh, that's Oh, you're talking about the PC world that we live in? The PC world. So part of the PC world is actually starting to create erosion of the utilisation of people's love language because... Communication. You can't communicate to them anymore. You can't communicate anymore because there's five ways to communicate, right? So... If you if you give somebody a gift, maybe they might perceive that these days as oh dear. you know well, what's what are you oh what are you dear. looking for, right? Um, if you put your hand on someone's shoulder and say "great job, good work," you've put so your hand on someone's shoulder, you know, and is that inappropriate these days? Um, you can't comment on somebody the way they look if they've got a nice perfume. You can't you can't say oh that smells nice. These days you've got to be very so careful because of of the PCness of everything. Um, and so the, the way in which we communicate is very, very, it's challenged and changing a lot, I would say, mate. Gee, you just opened up a whole nother can of worms. Does that make just us older? Is, getting... gonna, is it going to make us older? Are we going to have as good a longevity if we decrease our ability to communicate? Well, you just hit the nail on the head though. Like I was looking at the love languages going, yeah, well, if you bought a gift, if you bought a gift for Kim to say, you know, thank you for all the work that you do. Yep. Uh, the PC world would call that suggestive. Yes. If you, yes, affirm your appreciation. Yep. Um, even that, like, at their appearance, like, thanks for having pride in yourself to present such a glowing example of health, you know, in our facility. Yes. All right. Is that suggestive? That's words of affirmation. Yep. Um, acts <laughs> of service. You know, if you did something for her, if you gave her a lift home when her car broke down, if you just gave her a lift home because she caught the train into work and you People, just wanted to save her time. Yes. Well, that used to be suggestive? a really nice thing to do. You know, that used to be it's really a nice. gentlemanly thing. behavior. That's right. 
physical touch if you put your hand on the shoulder, which most of us know if you put a hand on the shoulder, it's a very like it's just a, it is a very appreciative um, physical gesture. Uh, and I, yeah, I think you and I, for both physical touch, you kind of innately do that to strangers, even not even colleagues, you just innately do it to anyone. Um, and quality time. If you said, you know what, it's, um, team, the team is going out. You know, we're going to go out to celebrate uh, performance, uh, whatever. And people have quality time. The amount of people that talk about staff parties is like these times where, you know, things happen and the rest. It's like whatever happened just a good old quality time. Yeah, rather than yeah that's becoming, right. You know. Something Messy. more, something other than a headline grabber. That's yeah, right. So, that's right. Or just a um, grabber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love entering our non-PC oh, space. Dear, we? we must we have. Do. We must have an adults-only stand-up show at some point, Damo. <laughs> uh, but oh, anyway, yes. Um, yes, I think it's. I think that the PC world has has overtaken. Um, I suppose that the the importance of the love language because people are, like we said in the, I think the previous episode, people are scared to give either theirs or other people's love languages and it's been reduced to an admin transactional PC world. So I think I would still urge everyone um, and I'm sure you'd be the same, Damo, to actually um, don't abide by the PC world. Like uh, rebel against it. You know, be the exception. Be the gentleman. Be the complimenter. Say please and thank you. Buy gifts for staff. Uh, Affirm your appreciation for them. Put a hand on the shoulder. Give them a hug if you want to say thank you. Do something for them. Drive them home. Take them out. Take them out to dinner, lunch, whatever. Show your appreciation. I think if we're going to if we're going to bring it back, don't we have to change our behaviour? Well, yes, I pushed the button twice. Yeah, we do. We do need to change our behaviour. I think you're right. Um, I do live on the on the I suppose on the edge there, and I say things in my practice, um, and Amber just goes, "Oh my gosh, you, you can't say those things." And I go, well, "How come? I don't understand." She goes, "In the corporate world, you can't say those things. Like, you, yeah. you'd be dismissed." But it'd be things like, um, oh, it's, "I don't know." Like, it's relatively, I would say, innocuous sorts of things. And I think this is where many people have struggled in the transition to a more PC planet, uh, or at least a more PC Western world. Um, and the equalization of I don't know, roles and responsibilities. I think that people have kind of, you know, struggled to understand how best to communicate now because just because one person prefers to have, you know, a pretty linear kind of dialogue, other people, you know, have to kind of go in that direction because of the PC-ness. It's uh, very difficult. And uh, and as a result, you look at a lot of people in the corporate world, they're struggling um, with their, with suppressed emotions. Yes. Because everything's had to be so P friggin' C that now <laughs> they struggle to be un PC, just to be normal for want of a better term, be themselves. Um, and they struggle because they're constantly almost like computing in their head, trying to get that politically correct statement out. Whereas usually you want to shake, shake the PC out of them and go, it's okay, you know. It it's is. all right. I know. So I'd like to know what people think about that. I'd like to know, do people feel the same way, guys and girls? Like, I'd love to know. I'd love to have a conversation where we ask people, you know, what do you feel? How do you feel about um, the way in which we're moving in this PC kind of planet where everything's right or wrong, um, black or white? Uh, because the colourful part of communication is being eroded by, you know, either doing the right thing or the wrong thing. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, Marcus, I always talk about um, the colours. I like to enjoy the colours of living life. Um, I don't like to be so strict and and rigid that everything's linear and is going to be done this way and there's an algorithm for everything. Um, I'm, I'm not that kind of productive. So I I love the colour of stuff and and so I think that um, I think that I'd, I'd I'd love to hear what people actually how they feel about this conversation you and I are having, mate. 
Let's put that up on the 100 Not Out Facebook page. Okay. I'll put that link up as soon as this is up. And That'd I'll ask the question, how do you feel about living in this PC world? And yeah, do you ever feel the urge to um, to break the shackles? Which is kind of, I know we're over time here, but isn't that what people do when they, now it's almost been taken to the point where on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, people go out and just they go wild. And I'm sure they're going more wild than what you and I were doing in our teenage years, Domo, and not to sound like we're half a generation ahead. Um, But don't you think people are going more wild, crazy, doing, you know, thing thing because they live in such a suppressed world Monday to Friday? Yeah, I think so. I think there's there's very there's a there's a vast difference between the way in which you behave. this actually almost leads on into the other podcast that we're going to do, like living, you know, your oh, persona yes. in the public versus your, your persona at home. I think that in public, people have to live a different persona than what they would um, at home versus in the public. So, you know, there's that stage presence versus the, you know, the, the private presence. Uh, and people yeah. have to play two different roles as a result of not being able to be their true self, their true identity. And, and you and I are going to talk about that in the podcast. We will do that in one of our live in-studio podcasts at Christoph headquarters starting at episode 150. This has been awesome, Damo. Thanks again, as always. Thanks, Amber, for contributing. Yeah, good on you, Jimmy. Thanks, Amber. Amber. Where does Jimmy come from? Jimmy Jam. And where does Jimmy Jam come from? Jimmy, oh, like Jam is in Amber. She got Amber. Amber Amber Jamba. It was Amber Jamba, then it became Jimmy Jam. Jimmy Jam. And then Jimmy. And then Jam. Yeah. And Jay. All the Jays. (laughs) AJ. AJ. That's right. AJ. I love it. Uh, Too much fun. This has been this this edition of 100 Not Out is over and out, folks. We would love your feedback. Again, we'll put these these questions up at facebook.com forward slash 100 Not Out to spell it all out. You can also access this episode and many more at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. And go to thewellnesscouch.com where you can see all 20 of the Wellness Couch podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. Until next week, folks, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Couch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on The Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering The Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.